Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome cast presented by bet river sportsbook danielle alvari of the la city cast is going to join us we'll chat about the ncaa tournament get her thoughts on the final four some of the nba's that winds down so always enjoy talking to her that will be coming up in a few minutes and we'll start here with the ncaa tournament as st peter's which was you know really one of the great stories in the history of the ncaa tournament i, I think if they won this game on sunday uh, against north carolina probably would be made a movie about him at some point. I mean, that's how unlikely historic of a run this was. Even with the loss, this is still probably the greatest run in the history of the NCAA tournament. When you think about it, a 15 seed to upset a two and to beat Murray State, okay, it's still Murray State. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like they beat uh, beat Duke or beat, you know, Kansas or anything, but still to beat a 15, to beat a seven, uh, I'm sorry, to beat a two, to beat a seven. And then on Friday night, beat Purdue, as a three seed who, you know, has got a couple of NBA guys, 13-point underdog, uh, and march on to the Elite Eight. It, it's really just one of the great stories in the history of the tournament. It's why we love the tournament. It's why we love sports. Uh, unfortunately, they just couldn't hang on Sunday. I mean, we, we saw pretty early, you know, the direction it was going to go. North Carolina gets off to, I think it was a 9 nothing start. Uh, St. Peter's got a tough call early. It went from 4 nothing to 7 nothing, where it was a bad foul call. Uh, that gave UNC two free throws. They made the first, missed the second, got an offensive rebound and a putback, and I think that made it 7 nothing. and it was just pretty clear early on that, you know, St. Peter's, look, they were a 15 seed for a reason. At some point, you know, these 15 seeds look like 15 seeds, and, you know, what's great about the tournament, what we love about the tournament is the underdog, the upsets, but it's also, you know, eventually it comes back to bite the tournament where, 
you know, eventually these Cinderella's just kind of fall on their face and look, you can't knock them. I mean, they could have lost by 50 tonight. It's still just an unbelievable run, but uh, it was clear pretty early that North Carolina just bigger, better. I mean, North Carolina recruits guys, you know, that St. Peter's, they don't, they don't recruit the same level of athlete. And it, just because you did it once against Purdue and you did it once against Kentucky, eventually the odds catch up to you. And like I said, they look like a 15 seed. They were a 15 seed for a reason. A really good 15 seed, but uh, again, North Carolina probably wasn't even an 8 seed. I mean, North Carolina's got some really good players, and they survived UCLA Friday night to advance here. And uh, now they march on to a Final Four. The Final Four is set. Bet River Sportsbook has both games at four and a half. So we've got Duke and North Carolina, which, I mean, that's as good as anything. Duke and UNC in the Final Four. Duke minus four and a half. Now you got to deal with all the Coach K stuff for the next week. I get that. But uh, Duke minus four and a half, total 150. And then you got Kansas minus four and a half uh, against Villanova. Total is 130. Uh, these these unders have been killing it. So maybe get in on the under now, figuring the, the money on the under is going to come in. So final four is set. Duke is plus 135 to win it at Bet Rivers. Kansas plus 200. Nova plus 475. UNC plus 550. And uh, as I said, St. Peter's eventually clock strikes 12 for midnight. And the clock struck 12 uh, on Sunday for the lovable St. Peter's. Shaheen Holloway looks like uh, he's going to be headed to Seton Hall as we all kind of expected. Uh, you're not going to keep that kind of coach. You, you know, if you're St. Peter's and you make a run to the Elite Eight, you're just you're not going to keep your coach. It's kind of a sad reality of the business, but uh, just kind of part of the game. So, you know, it's funny. After Kansas beat Miami on Sunday, there were five teams left. There were five teams left, and it was Duke, it was Kansas, it was UNC, it was Nova, the Blue Bloods of college basketball. You know, you're throwing Kentucky in there, you're throwing UCLA, but I mean, Duke, Kansas, Nova, UNC, those are the powerhouses of college basketball. Those were four of the five teams left. And the fifth team was St. Peter's. So if you're St. Peter's, I mean, that's, a, that's about as much as you could possibly ask for to, you know, to, to sit there and say, hey, there's five teams left and we're one of them. Uh, regardless of how it ended, and it was ugly, 69-49, UNC covers, game stays under the total. As I said, unders have been killing it. Uh, regardless of what happened, there's five teams left and you're one of them. And I remember uh, the brackets came out a couple Sundays ago, and boy, this tournament goes by fast. It goes from, you know, the, the fast and furious nature of that first Thursday and Friday you know, Saturday and Sunday, there's still a bunch of games. It's a little slower. Uh, you know, by um, you know, a week or two later, you know, it, it goes by just it's, before you know it, we're down to the Final Four. So this tournament really goes by in the blink of an eye as we're down to the Final Four. But after that first, after that uh, selection show, I did kind of a roundup of my initial leans on, you know, the local teams. And I mentioned UConn and I mentioned Rutgers and Seton Hall. Uh, I think I threw Yale in there, and I said, oh, yeah, by the way, St. Peter's got to count them, even though they're not going to be in the tournament long. Uh, they are a New Jersey school. They're playing Kentucky, so at least throw them in the mix. You figure Kentucky takes care of them. And who would have known that kind of throwaway line where it, you know nothing could have been further from the truth as they upset Kentucky's 18-point underdogs, upset Murray State, I think, is 8-point underdogs, upset Purdue is 13-point underdogs. Uh, and I thought Purdue had them. Purdue had them. You know, down four or five going into the half. I think Purdue was up by six. St. Peter's had a shot to cut it to four at half. And then St. Peter's came out in the second half and really took control of the game and was playing, made Purdue play catch up really the whole second half and uh, led by three. I thought I thought Ivy had a good look to tie it on Friday night. That three looked good out of his hand. He had it lined up and I even thought the bounce might go in. But uh, I mean, who would have thought at that point, you know, they're going to pull off three of these monster upsets. Uh, so just, just again, just an incredible run. Hats off to St. Peter's. It's part of the tournament, though. Cinderella, 
you know, can make a run, they can win a game, they can win two games. Hell, they even won three games. But, you know, you never really see Cinderella cutting down the net. So figured it would end at some point. I did think they would be a little more competitive on Sunday. I just thought their defense, you know, they're tough to prepare for. Kind of a junk ball pitcher where they, you know, they mix up their offense. They have a lot of ball screens, a lot of, you know, back cuts, that kind of thing. I thought they could hang with Carolina a little better. Maybe that was wishful thinking as we just got really, let's face it. I mean, this tournament is always awesome. It had its moments where it was awesome. You know, TCU Arizona was great, even though it was, you know, one o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. Uh, same thing with San Francisco and Murray State. So, I mean, there were some great games, some great moments, but, you know, kind of a dud of a weekend. I mean, not kind of a dud. It really was, starting with Villanova Houston, which was just terrible basketball to watch. Oh, God, Houston shot one of 20 Saturday. And then, you know, Duke took care of Arkansas pretty easily. Miami led US, uh, Miami led Kansas at the half, but Kansas just killed them in the second half. Which led right into Duke, which led right into uh, UNC uh, St. Peter's, which was just kind of over before it started, over before the national anthem ended. I mean, that's really uh, the level of games we got. Really, just kind of a dud. Usually, the Elite Eight, you get those high-level games, you get you know great games, great matchups. Didn't get that this weekend, so maybe we have better games in store for us in the Final Four. Should be a good Final Four. Again, both lines four and a half. I would expect a Duke Kansas final. Duke is just a million pros. It's it's hard to believe they looked as bad as they looked for times this year, but uh, they seem to have regrouped, found something here, beat a good Texas Tech team Thursday, and now they are the favorite here at Bet Rivers at plus 135. So that is the college. We'll do plenty of that uh, this week. We'll transition here to the NBA where uh, the Nets are making things interesting as they lose to the Hornets on Sunday. You know, had a lead. Game kind of went back and forth. They rallied back. Looked like they were going to steal the game. And they lose to the Hornets, and now they are tied for the eighth seed, except they're not tied because the Hornets own the tiebreaker. So if the playoffs started today, the Nets would be the nine. That would mean you have to win two elimination games just to get in. Remember, if you're the eight, uh, you play the seven, and if you win, you're in the playoffs. If you lose, you get one more chance to win, and then you can win that, you're in the playoffs. You get two chances to win one game if you're the seven or the eight. If you're the nine or the ten, you got two chances, and you got to win both of them. So you don't have two chances. You got to you know, beat the ten. Win that, move on, and then beat the the loser of seven eight. So you got to win two games just to get in. So uh, the Nets have their work cut out for them. They are now tied with the Hornets. I thought maybe if they could win tonight, who knows? They could make a run at the Cavs, who haven't been playing well, or the Raptors, and you know, kind of inch up to the sixth seed with a good finish to the season. Uh, that's just that's not going to happen uh, as they are now tied with the Hornets, but they don't own the tiebreaker. However, uh, if you go through the schedules, it, it is pretty favorable here for the Nets. Uh, let's just go through it here. Home for the home for the Pistons, home for the Bucks, at Atlanta, home for the Rockets, at the Knicks. Uh, Knicks have been playing a lot better, by the way. We'll get to them in a minute. Home for Cleveland and at Indy. I'm sorry, home for home for Indy as well. So they finish April 10th. That's Sunday here. Uh, in a couple weeks, that is home for the Pacers. So pretty doable for the for the Nets here. I mean, that's a pretty doable schedule. Pistons, Bucks, Hawks, Rockets, Knicks. Cavs, Pacers, not bad. I mean, that should be should at least go five and two there, as opposed to you know the Hornets who do have a pretty tough schedule. If we go through the Hornets schedule here, Monday night they host the Nuggets. Nuggets favored by three and a half at Bet Rivers. Then at the Knicks, who I mentioned, it played a lot better and just beat the Knicks, uh, just beat the Hornets uh, last week. So home for Nuggets, where where they're an underdog at the Knicks, which isn't easy. At the Sixers, at the Heat. Home for the Magic, which they should win. Then at the Bulls. Then home for the Wizards. So tied right now. Nets have a better. Uh, Nets have an easier schedule. Hornets on the tiebreaker. 
I would still expect the Nets to get the eight seed. Uh, and then, you know, face, it looks like Cleveland probably going to be the seven. Cleveland has not played well recently. So, look, if you have to go to Cleveland and beat Cleveland, at least you get Kyrie. If you if you go to Toronto, you don't get Kyrie. If you go to Cleveland, look, anything can happen in one game, but you'll, you'll be favored in that game. So, I would expect the Knicks to still hold on, get the eight seed, and then go play the Cavs where they'll be favored and, you know, probably win that game and be the seven seed. That would be my outlook on the Nets at the moment. Uh, again, they're just they're they're still the favorite here at Bet Rivers. Um, let's see, it is plus five hundred to win the title. The Suns are the favorite at plus three hundred. I should say they are the favorite to win the East. They are plus two twenty five, and I could certainly see them winning the East. I just with the possibility of having to win definitely one playing game, maybe two playing games, and then three series. Plus two twenty five is look something is something I would just be looking to bet against. So um, look, they have the best player probably in the conference in Durant. They might have the best team, although they are a little short, and it doesn't look like they're getting Simmons. They're a little small. Uh, to me, plus 225, you know, just isn't enough. Uh, let's see. Knicks play tonight. They host the Bulls. Knicks are getting four and a half at Bet Rivers. I love the Knicks. Knicks have played really well. Uh, I've been betting on the Knicks a lot. I've been, you know, talking up the Knicks. I, I, I kill them when they deserve to be killed, but money's money here. We're, we're, we're fair when we're supposed to be fair here, and uh, the Knicks have played well. You know, they had that West Coast trip a month or so ago, maybe three weeks ago, where they beat the Clippers. They killed the Mavs. They beat the Kings. And ever since then, they've been feisty. I mean, they beat the Hornets as eight-point underdogs. I think it was on Wednesday. Uh, they had a nice win in Detroit, which, look, the Pistons aren't any good, but they have been playing a little better. So they won today. Uh, they were down 18 Friday night. I know people were probably watching college, which I was too, but they were down 18 in the fourth quarter Friday night in Miami, came back and won that game. Uh, he had been a mess, by the way. Butler fighting and you know not playing well. So, give the Knicks credit. I mean, Thibodeau's Thibodeau's weakness is also his strength. His weakness, I think, is a coach. He doesn't look at look towards next year. He doesn't look towards tomorrow. It's all about win now. Play these guys forty two minutes. Whatever I got to do to win tonight's game, which kind of hurts you in the long run. But you know, it's kind of also his strength too, where he is focused on winning tonight. You know, he's not worried about lottery balls, which a lot of teams would be in the situation, which you could make the case they probably should be. You know, if, if these wins are going to cost you lottery balls, is it really worth it? But, uh, you know, look, the Knicks have won three in a row here. Knicks have played relatively well. They are now um, at, I believe, 33 wins here. So, I mean, they're not going anywhere. The Knicks are not going anywhere. This is obviously a dead season. Yeah, 33 and 42, eight games left. Uh, I do like them plus four and a half tonight against the Bulls, who... Uh, are starting to get some guys back, but the, the Bulls still have not played great. I mean, the Bulls have beat up on some of these bad teams, but... Uh, I'm not in a position with the Bulls where I'm laying four and a half. So, uh, Knicks plus four and a half tonight would be a play. Nets are off. Nets are now fighting for their, not fighting for their lives, but look, you don't want to be the nine. I don't care how talented you are. You do not want two sudden death games to start your playoffs. Even if you win them, that's just a lot of wear and tear mentally, physically. So, the Nets here this next week or two is going to be about getting to the eight. Knicks, of course, just playing out the string. Uh, I do like them tonight, plus the four and a half at. Bet River Sportsbook. I would expect that line to close four, three and a half. So uh, by the time you hear this, if it's still four and a half, I would fire on the Knicks plus four and a half at Bet Rivers. All right, next, Danielle Alvari on the final four of the NCAA tournament and much more. That is next. This is the New York City Cash presented by Bet River Sportsbook. No more football? No problem. Bet River Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball and more. Don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast. 
with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at BetRivers. Get started with life after football with the BetRivers app. All right, earlier, Danielle Alvari of the LA CityCast and I went over the Final Four, the NCAA tournament, and a bunch more. Here's my conversation with Danielle. Now we join forces with Will Hill, host of the New York CityCast. I'm, of course, the host of the LA CityCast, Danielle Alvari. Will, how did your weekend go with all of the madness and whatever else was going on? It was okay. It's been a good tournament overall. Sunday wasn't the best for me. I uh, mm. took the bait here with the dogs. Miami started out well and... Really, from the second half of the Miami-Kansas game on, we really didn't get too much entertainment. That game got out of hand quickly, and uh, I thought we we learned pretty quickly that St. Peter's, uh, the party it, it ends at some point, and the party ended uh, Sunday. Great story, but you know, all good things come to an end. Uh, I should ask how you're doing, because this has got to be tough for you. UCLA yeah. loses a heartbreaker on Friday, uh, up three late, had a chance to put the game away, and not only go to the Elite Eight, but look at the team you're facing. I mean, I know St. Peter's, like I said, was a great story. But, boy, you'd, you'd be in the Final Four if you were able to just hang on. Not to put salt in the wound here, but uh, it's got to be a tough one. It is tough. I don't know if this is any solace, but it seems like that Final Four would have been really brutal for UCLA, for the teams that are remaining such – I mean, no, they would just take out one blue blood and start a new one. But it would be really, really great to have two consecutive Final Four runs, obviously. And it seemed like that was all but doable. And it's really interesting, like you said, because UCLA was up most of this game. And so they were playing really well. What was really shocking to me is that what I pointed out leading up to this game was they're going to have to out-defense this team, not out-offense them. But then they kind of tried to out-offense them. UCLA was making every shot in the first half. North Carolina, not so much. I mean, only Brady Manick could really score in the first half, and they locked him up in the second. And then all of a sudden, Caleb Love in the second half breaks up. He gets 27 points in the second half. So that's very uncharacteristic of UCLA to not be able to lock a, a player down like that. Um, and let them cause that much havoc on their on their you know on the other side of the court. So it's really weird because I thought UCLA's defense should have been a lot better, but it almost makes sense because people are kind of pointing to how Coach Corona was doing his rotations for this, and it was really interesting because he was playing his main guys and he was riding them hard. I mean, playing 38 minutes and not using the depth on the bench that he had, especially defensive depth. We didn't see a lot of Jalen Clark or Peyton Watson. I think we could have seen more of them. And when we were out there, or when they were out there, that's kind of when Caleb Love struggled more. So I don't know why those guys weren't out there guarding him. That's kind of where I, I have to point to. It's just really interesting because they were up by three with a minute left. So how do you, like, I'm, I was really shocked. I wasn't even, like, I wasn't nervous this whole game, right? Because you see that was kind of cruising. I actually had UNC first half as kind of an emotional hedge. Smart. And they didn't, they didn't cover that. Um, so you, it was actually you lost funny them both, I, so you, hit, you didn't hit the emotional head. You should have just hedged the whole game. You, you outthunk yourself well, there. Well, so yeah. So I had UCLA Moneyline as well, minus 130. That didn't hit either. So first half bet, UNC fails oh. me. UCLA fails me full game. But I made a prop parlay, which I never do, but I did for UCLA. So I did three overs. So I did um, Tiger Campbell over his points prop, which was 11.5, over his uh, – assist prop which was three and a half and then johnny juzang over one and a half assists it was plus 425 and it hit there you and go it hit, you know with like 10 minutes left and then i forgot i made this bet before the start of the tournament i bet kansas to be the last one seed out at plus oh, 260 there you go that's a good just like not yeah, I mean, but not like plus 260, nothing crazy, right? But I forgot I had it, and so I went to look at my account. And I was like, man, I must have, you know, must have been a wash on that day, but it actually was a positive day, so. That is a great feeling. You forget yeah. you make something, and you go, wait, what's going on in my account? And 
it's it's happened the other way where you're like, wait, no, what's going on here? There must be a mistake. Like, oh, I made the mistake. So it's happened. Good I made a bad. great decision. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, going High back five, to, former Danielle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, going back <laughs> to the Friday game, I, I think I texted you. They're up yeah. three with like 30, 40 seconds left. And I know UNC is a great free throw shooting team, but it's hard to let them run the clock all the way down. They had a bunch of one and ones. Yeah. Make them go to Weird the line. Weird choice, right? Yeah, make them shoot the one and one. You know, it's a lot of pressure. That one and one puts a lot of pressure, especially, you know, last 30 seconds of a tournament game. You miss a free throw, you get the ball back, and they end up scoring on the possession anyway. I just think mm-hmm. you got to make them play the game out, you know, elongate the game and put them on the free throw line. It was just really weird because UCLA was up this whole game, but not really playing their brand of basketball, their strength. And it was really, it was really weird to see because, like I said, the defense and then also turnovers for them. I think they had as many as the Tar Heels, which is uncharacteristic as well. And then not fouling in those final seconds. There were a lot of just like, why? Why did we do that things? And they're not things that you're like screaming at the TV necessarily, but you are looking back now on this loss and going, how are we up by three with a minute left and still didn't walk away? And I also think, no offense, I don't know. People are going to have different takes on this. I think UCLA is more fun to watch than USC because UNC is what? They're rebounding and they're throwing up a ton of three-pointers, I guess. Like, I just like the way UCLA's team runs a little bit better. I think it's more fun to watch. But that said... We have four blue bloods now in the final four. What do you think of this final four? Oh, How we sure up? do. It's amazing. It feels like it happens like this every year where it's like, oh, this is the craziest tournament ever. I can't believe this team lost. I can't believe that team lost. This is wild. Then you look up and it's just like, you know, all, all ones and a two or all twos and a one. And we're probably getting at a final here where it's Duke and Kansas, a one versus a two. I mean, mm-hmm. Kansas is a one seed. Duke's got a million NBA guys. Uh, I mean, Duke versus UNC in the final four. That's a hell of a storyline. That's a lot of fun. Duke seems to have, you know, found something here. It, it you know, it's hard to watch them Saturday night in some of these games and think, boy, this is the same team that lost to North Carolina and gave up 94 points. Same team that lost to Virginia Tech, the ACC title game. I mean, they're just so talented. Uh, they made a really good Arkansas team just look, you know, like kind of like the JV team on Saturday. They just kind of toyed with them. Yeah. Uh, I would expect Duke and Kansas to get through. I think Nova, you know, they're well coached. They're game team. I think the more injury is obviously huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would probably lean towards chalkier with both these games. I think we're probably looking at a Duke Kansas final. How about you? Yeah, I agree with you. And actually, we were kind of mentioning this before we started recording that I haven't thought that it was an overly exciting tournament. We didn't have any buzzer beaters. I don't know. Do we have any overtimes? I don't think we had any overtimes. Yeah, I mean, uh, let me think. Baylor Carolina was an overtime. Yeah, you're right. That I pay was attention for to this sure. I, I have some of these overs in play, <laughs> so I'm very adept at this. Uh, Murray State, San Francisco, that first Thursday night. That first Thursday was okay. fun. That one, I think, went to at least one overtime. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that first Thursday was really good. I just like having all the games that first weekend. That The first Friday was bad. Yeah, round one and two are the best. Yeah, round one specifically when it's just, it's it's almost, it's hard to keep up with. There's so many games. And then round two, you get the yeah. better games. There's fewer of them. Uh, TCU Arizona too was another overtime. See, we've had a few of them. I, I think you know the Elite Eight was really disappointing. This is a really, this was a tough round. The Sunday games were boring. Even Saturday night, I mean, Nova Houston made your eyes bleed. That was hard to watch. And then Duke Arkansas, that was you know, Duke you know got an eight point lead or so, and that was never really a game after that. Right. And I think that I'm I'm most surprised actually to see Duke in the position they're in. And I don't know why necessarily, because it's not like they had this horrible season, yeah. but nobody was very high on them, it seemed, going into the start of start of all of this play. And now they're the favorite at plus one thirty-five at Bat Rivers. 
And that's just surprising me. Kansas being two to one, not as surprising to me. I had Kansas in my final four. I had Villanova in my final four. I had Gonzaga and UCLA in the West and the East. So obviously now Duke and North Carolina. I think North North Carolina is a little bit surprising, but they had that momentum at the end of the season. They beat Duke at home um, or whatever their final game there. But I'm surprised to see Duke in this position. And then, of course, there's the narrative that, oh, you know, they're trying to spin it for Coach K. Um, I just am, I'm just surprised. And I think that of the remaining teams, I, I think I like Kansas the best. Yeah, I would expect Duke to win. I, I would take Duke. I just think Duke's got those NBA guys. I mean, Kansas, Kansas yeah. Duke could be a hell of a final. I mean, Martin and, uh, you know, the, the the big guy in Kansas, they're, they're explosive. They've had a really soft draw. I mean, they had a 16 seed. Then they had Creighton, who was beat up, only playing six guys. Uh, a Providence team a lot of people thought was, you know, kind of overrated. And then they get a 10-seed Miami today. So they've really had a, you know, a cushy draw here. That's about as easy as a path to the Final Four as you can have. Uh, mm -hmm. I just think you look at Duke. I mean, that's four first-rounders, maybe five first-rounders. Even Williams, the, the big guy, just, you know, uh, disrupts a lot of shots at the rim. Uh, you know, should be a good final. I would expect Duke to win, like, if you don't root for Duke and you don't root for Coach K, it's a tough ending. You know, hear all the sob stories about him, you know, going out with a championship. I mean, nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to hear about it for a week. I guess uh, I'm guilty <laughs> of bringing it up even now. But, I, I, you know, gun to my head, I would pick Duke over Kansas in the final right now. Do you think, because this is another thing I've seen around Twitter as well, do you think that people are less likely to watch it because it's a bunch of chalky favorites, mm. blue blood, blue chip player teams? Or these are the teams that are these huge basketball programs that have the most fans? Because I'm kind of torn on it. Like It's less exciting for me, of course, than if UCLA was in it or something like that. But that's also a blue blood program as far as college basketball is concerned. But I just wonder, is this is this good or bad for the ratings? Because what you're talking about is, yeah, like there's teams that are just out-talenting teams. We saw that with St. Peter's. It was so exciting. Oh, wow, 15 seed to make it to the Elite Eight that no one else has done it. There's a reason we don't really want to see a 15 seed right. in the Elite Eight because it was just not that – I mean, average height of that team, by the way, 6'4", and still a top 30 defense. Yeah. Just give it to the Peacocks. Yeah, it's funny. I was texting one of my buddies. He's like, you know, they're probably rooting for UNC Duke here. I'm like, I don't know. St. Peter's going to the Final yeah. Four to play Duke would be one of the great sports stories in history. So that yeah. might have been a better story. But I think in general, you know, to have but a blue what is pretty good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the problem. Right. But that's that's what I mean is the rich get richer, right, is what we're starting to yeah. see kind of. Um, but as opposed to like if Miami made it today, I think Kansas is better than having Miami. You know, Duke, Arkansas. Yeah. What's better for ratings? Duke. I think St. Peter's is the one exception because it's such like a sports movie story. Cinderella. The fact that yeah. it even got to the Elite Eight is really just, it's probably the best, you know, tournament, Cinderella running tournament history. I mean, a 15 seed pick in the Elite Eight is really incredible. I don't even know, I guess George Mason making the Final Four. What was it, 10, 15 years ago now? Well, that's a long time ago. I think this is probably the best tournament run ever. Yeah, well, and it makes sense then. St. Peter's head coach already off, off yeah. to Seton Hall. He's he's alumni there, and so he's back there to coach. I thought this was really interesting, too. I saw this on Instagram. Uh, I think it was the Juice betting account. Uh, they put it side by side that uh, UNC's head coach, Hubert Davis, got a $200,000 bonus for making the Final Four, and St. Peter's entire basketball operating budget is 257000 Wow. So... This is what we're talking about yeah. here. It's like, oh, yeah, we'd love to see it because we're all cheering for the underdog. But how do you compete just talent discrepancy-wise? It's just, I, wonder, I mean, come on. I wonder if Hubert Davis hedged and took uh, St. Peter's plus the eight and a half to lock in some <laughs> profit. to cover his, <laughs> cover his, yeah, cover his, uh, his self there. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. But I will say this about UCLA at least. I do feel like they'll still they're not losing a ton of people necessarily. It'll be interesting to see who stays, who leaves. What year is Juzang? I don't even know what year is Juzang. Johnny has another year of eligibility, I believe. Uh, I've heard people say he should have left last year. Is that yeah? Yeah. So that's interesting to me because last year, I think that there was like, obviously you're going to dip your toes, figure out. And then they were kind of like, he obviously made the decision. You don't make that decision unless you think it's going to make you more money to stay. Right. Or at least like, right. But this season he had such a, not even comparable to last season really. And he needed to be that offensive guy for this team. And he looked great actually in this game versus North Carolina. I was really surprised. He came out, he was making all his shots, but I definitely think his draft stock is lower than it was last year. And that's why people are saying, oh, should have gone last year. But it's like, well, could have, should have, would have. We say that in hindsight. Um, but that said, I think he has another year of eligibility. I don't know what he'll do with that or if he'll stay, if he's going to go to the G League. Um, and then Jaime Jaquez, not not a senior either. His sister, Gabriela Jaquez, is coming in to play for the women's team next year. So there's people like, maybe he'll do another year. To, and, you know, I'm interested because his stock's got to be really high right now too. But, like, is Jaime Jaquez an NBA caliber player? I think so. But does that mean this is the year for him to go? Yeah, do they have a do they have a good recruiting class coming in? They do. They have a Dembona who's a five star, um, which is going to be nice to fill out that center role. Miles Johnson also, who was the transfer from Rutgers, who was their backup center to Cody Riley, even though it's weird to say that because he played most of the season. Uh, Miles is a graduate transfer, but he does have another year of eligibility, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But I think a Dembona is going to start playing as well. Um, Tiger Campbell is going to come back, obviously, probably, um, and be their leader there. Uh, and then Will McClendon also for UCLA has been injured. He's been out this whole year. We haven't got to see him really yet. And he's a really, really good feisty guard as well. Really good defensive guard. So I think that as good as UCLA's defense was this year, it's going to be that good and maybe better next season. So, um, nice if we got some shooters in there. I just want some shooters. I was telling someone that was the least fun part about watching UCLA this season is there was nobody who was like, that's our three point shooter. It was like, sometimes Jules Bernard will make some baskets. Is it tonight? Like, and you can't rely on Johnny Juzang. It's not the Johnny Juzang of March past. So that was the only, like, less exciting part about that team for me. But I do think that they'll be able to return a lot of players. So that's something. Yeah, it's a tough one. Tough one. I mean, you think, you know, up three, you just get a stop. You get one play here or there, and you're uh, you're probably in the final four. How about basket? How about the NBA here? Are you still betting the NBA? It's kind uh, of the Lakers th- just lost. Yeah, they're only one up on the Spurs. Now, they could miss the whole – man, imagine if they missed the whole thing. My goodness. So, so bad. So, we talked about this. We talked about this. So, on Bet Rivers, you could have bet this no to miss the playoffs, and that includes, like, not making it past the play-in, right? And the no was like minus 350. It moved to minus 400, like within a week. And then now it's like becoming very realistic, which is weird because the yes to make it past the plane was like plus 270 on Bet Rivers. And I couldn't imagine anybody even taking that. First of all, not a ton of value necessarily. And second of all, like what were you betting on? The Lakers played the Pelicans on Sunday. They lost. They had a 23 point lead in this game and they lost. Of course they did. (laughs) And LeBron James had 39 points. They shot 55%. They shot 40% from three. Russell Westbrook actually shot well. Malik Monk looked okay, but where's the defense? I don't even know. I don't know how with those stats that you lose. The only thing is they had a ton of turnovers, but I just I don't know what more you want from LeBron James. Thirty nine points, my goodness. It's so it's such a sad, broken team because they had LeBron, <laughs> they had Davis in his you know Davis in his prime, LeBron in his post prime, but still he's LeBron. Uh, they yeah. won a title, they had a chance to win, you know, a second one, who knows, maybe a third one. They just botched that roster, man. They they totally tore it down, and now they're How's... just they're a mess. I don't know what the next move is for them either. No, and it's interesting because when they got AD, I think the number one thing people said was he's an injury. Yeah. concern right and it's it's really sad to see that play out 
what's up with the Nets since the departure of James Harden? I have to know. And is Kyrie, like, he's playing again. He's playing at all the home games. Yeah, it looks like, uh, I think, baseball pressured. I, I think the owners <laughs> had a little leeway in this where uh, that kind of swayed things. So now New York, uh, you know, whether you're unvaccinated or not, you can play at home. So Kyrie's back. Nets are in a tight one as we speak here against the Hornets. It is... I know. I was going to lie about this oh, one. 106-105 Nets now. They were down 10 when we started this. So uh, Nets oh. should be in good shape here. I don't know that they'll catch the Raptors or the Cavs for the play-in. Mm -hmm. uh, they're still about two or three behind. They're three behind the Raptors. Going to be like eight games to go. The Raptors do have a tough schedule. The Nets have an easy schedule. But three is a lot to make up in eight games. So they'll probably be in the play-ins. They'll probably win the play-in and come in as, you know, the seventh seed or whatever. And you know, it's funny, they'll come out of the seven spot and they might be the favorite. I mean, right, them or Milwaukee and, you know, these seedings are going to be interesting. I think a lot of teams in the East are going to try to, you know, duck their way out of the two to avoid the Nets, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, is interesting because you're punting on home court in future rounds potentially, but you do want, you don't want to play Durant in the first round. So East playoffs mm -hmm. should be good. The Celtics just kill everybody every single night. That's a, this is a team that's 18 and 21. Now they're the one seed and they're just burying teams night in and night out. Is that like a March thing? Is that just like a luck of the Irish Celtics thing? Or is that going to continue? <laughs> I think it's I think it's legit. They lost one game in March. I think there's something like 22 That's and 3 the last 25. It's insane. It's really bizarre to see this kind of a turnaround. I don't know. I, I still don't trust them in if terms of winning a championship. Yeah. I don't know that they have enough scoring. They're 10 to 1. Yeah. Which is like, what? It's tough. Usually when you're Why? a one Whoa. Yeah, go ahead. Why are the Jazz 20 to 1? You think they should be higher or lower? A little lower, no? They've just been on a skid, I know, but like just completely off track now or what? Yeah, that's the, the seeding. You know, usually in the NBA, the playoffs, you get one or two really bad series in the first round. All these teams are pretty even. It should be, you know, kind of a March mm. Madness wide open field of the playoffs where mm -hmm. not a lot of these teams are terrible. You don't look at too many of these teams and say, oh, that's an easy out. They don't belong in the playoffs. Playoffs should be pretty good, pretty deep this year. I'm excited for it. Only, what, eight games left? So that means. I think God, April 10th, up on the me. playoffs start, yeah. Well, well, March Madness starts, and you kind of forget about the NBA. kind of, you know, goes in and out of the cloud. So, you know, get baseball started, um, NBA playoffs all at once. Let me ask you this, because you have done this a lot longer than I have. Uh, with the NBA, as we get towards these final 10 games of the season, is there any difference? Just like when we head into an all-star break, we have kind of different betting strategies, maybe. Um, teams aren't maybe as focused or anything like that they're worried about is there just like a lot more when you start to look at the teams that are worried about their seating that we can bet on or how do you kind of approach these yeah final games? I, I approach i approach it cautiously where mm. yeah it's just some of these teams are so actively tanking whether it's portland or some of these other teams yeah. you don't want to back them then you get a team like the knicks who has no reason to play hard and they've actually played really well and they've won i think three in a row they've, they've pulled a bunch of upsets so, you know, I, I tread carefully, you know, maybe play some money line underdogs here and there just for a little action, but kind of pick your spots more. I, you know, I have some division bets, some future bets, some season win totals that I'm waiting to cash. I, mm. This is this is a tough time of year. You know, these teams are, are trotting out some strange lineups. Some of these teams, like I said, are What's really... What's the one you're most worried about? What's the win total that's like you're sweating the most mm. <laughs> with these final At games? At the All-Star break, I bet Knicks under 35 and a half. I did take them under 42. Um before the season, and they're up to 33. They've won, like I said, three in a row. They lost their first, like, five or right six after the, the All-Star break. I was counting the money. Now they've, they've played well. I'm probably <laughs> going to lose that one. The other ones are pretty good, though. Usually do pretty well with the season win totals. Under 46.5 Clippers, under Pelicans. Uh, excited to cash some of these.
Yeah, that's great. Especially winning futures. I think that's a whole different level of handicapping, obviously, because you have to look at the entirety of a season and hope that injuries, things like that don't derail you. So hopefully those cash for you. Uh, final prediction, sorry, for March Madness before I let you go too. So you're saying Kansas Duke. What do you think the line's going to be for that if we see that? Mm. Like two and a pick half. Two, Duke two. Duke two? Yeah, maybe yeah. two and a half. And you think Duke's going to win it all? Yeah. I do. Mm, see, this is like so boring. Duke plus 135. I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's an opportunity to live bet these and get something exciting. Who are you rooting for? Do you have a rooting interest or you don't care? I think I'm rooting for Villanova <laughs> because I had them yeah. in my final four and I had them in my final two. I had Gonzaga Villanova as my final two. Um, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't like Duke. I don't like Kansas yeah. Villanova, you know, do you like Ryan uh, Rothstein? I do. I'm I'm rooting for Ryan Rothstein's Villanova. Yeah, he has 250 bucks on them at 26 to one Nova. Okay. Yeah, he's already texting. How wow. should I hedge out? You know, prop swap. I think you can get like 1500 bucks for it. I'm like, yeah, 1500 bucks. Yeah, they're probably not gonna yeah, win it, so you it. get something. How how much do you need the money? It's that's always a, a mind bleep when you have one of these big you know big tickets. When do you cash out? When do you hedge it? How do you hedge it? You don't want to end up with nothing either. Like deal or do no you do deal. that? Do you do that a lot with your futures? Because I obviously don't bet futures a lot. I've with NCA, I don't bet futures. I think you're better off just getting in the tournament and rolling it over. Uh, when I yeah. do have a future, I, look, I go through the same struggle Ryan's going through, where you think about, you know, do I bet? Do I hedge out the now? Potential. Do I try to middle it? It's tough. I think you're better off. You know, I think you're better off probably just let. let man, I would say letting it ride, but I do think Kansas is going to beat him. If Moore didn't get hurt, I would give him a good chance to beat Kansas. Is Kansas like? Uh, unbeatable because i don't no. think so no yeah i told them you know what get it get a... for both these games in the final four i want the points i think yeah like i think these are going to be close yeah interesting i would say you know maybe not maybe not north carolina as much you're right not as strong but kansas villanova i want points i just got to see them without more they only play six guys to begin with so that's tough mm. that's uh that's tough. But that Kansas was... is hitting like 48% right now. So yeah. Really consistent shooting team. Miami had them too. Miami was up six at the half and they just the, the started you know their what second was weird? Half was awful. I didn't want Miami to win just because they knocked USC out and I didn't want USC to be able to say like, oh, well, they were a final four team that knocked us out. <laughs> so all of a sudden I found myself. Penny. You are committed to the bit. <laughs> so I, I was like, but now I'm rooting for Kansas. This is like, I was watching that game like, oh, both teams are scoring. I'm like, oh, gross. Oh, no. Like, I don't want either of you to win. Um, so yeah, it was next level. Yeah, definitely next level. Yeah, that game got out of <laughs> hand very quickly. I mean, that went from tied once it, once Kansas took the lead, it felt like they were just going to take control of the game, and they uh, they took control of the game. Man, I wanted I didn't even get to live bet this. I wanted to live bet this at the half when Kansas was down. It seemed like such a good opportunity to get that money line. I'm not even sure what it was though. I, I'm sure it wasn't even that high because they're like it's still Kansas. No, they were down six at the half, and they were minus yeah. four and a half for the second half. So you could have got them at a little bit little bit of plus money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw somebody so. tweeted out that they were plus 250 to win the title going into the game. In some of these markets, they update the futures in game, mm -hmm. so they were plus 450 to win the title in game. So you could got, mm. could have gotten that. That'd be pretty looking pretty good right now. I'm just gonna say final notes before I let you go to live betting far and wide was the best thing, and not just the totals that <laughs> you and I like to bet. But just live betting these games in general was so, so much better. And I think it's because when you get to March 2, these odds makers are making odds for teams that we've never seen. Like, they're not, they don't play against each other ever in the regular season. So we have no idea. We have no context. And we're trying to guess what these points are going to be. Then you see in-game. And, like, even just in the first five minutes, I got way better lines than you would get, you know, 
pregame. So for me, like if I look at all the bets and I tracked all of them, like 80% of my wins were live bets. Yeah, and you, a part of it too is it's a neutral crowd and you have to figure out who they're going to root for. Like today, Kansas, mm. Miami, you think, oh, maybe, you know, sometimes a neutral crowd, they root for the underdog, but that mm-hmm. game was in, I believe, Illinois, closest to Kansas, closer to Kansas, and that was basically like a Kansas home game in the second half. So It sounded loud. Yeah, it was. So a lot of it is handicapping the geography and kind of the psychology of the crowd, who they're going to root for, that kind of situation. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm rooting for your NBA uh, totals to cash for you here as we get to the end of the season. And we'll get to talk NBA championship soon. And I'm going to have to bring you on to talk some WNBA. Yeah. Oh, I got one more for you. UConn tomorrow plays NC State women's. Is, I know it's not a prototypical Oriyama team. Is UConn, what, do you have any intel there for, for UConn NC State? UConn's the two seed. It's NC State's tough. the one. I believe that game is in Bridgeport, though, which yeah, is not fair to NC State. That's not fair at all. Honestly, I was just telling someone this. I haven't been able to look at the women's games as much. And now that the men's games are wrapping up, I want to look at these more because the women's teams more even than the men's side of the tournament have the best of the best at the top. And so these are the games now where I think are actually going to be close and they're going to have like spreads worth looking at. I mean, some of these games, uh, Connecticut (laughs) beating St. John's even in season was terrible. But uh, I mean, NC State's a one seed, Connecticut. I think that people are just saying that Connecticut hasn't really been that dominant team since really like Brianna Stewart era a couple of years ago. But that said, I think it's going to be a close one. I haven't looked at this game closely. I want to start looking at the women's games now that I can have a little bit more bandwidth to do so. Um, so yeah, and UCLA women's still alive in the NIT as well. So, um, Who's the best team in women's? I know South Carolina is really good. Is South Carolina the best team? I think South Carolina is everybody's favorite right now. It seems like they were really popular in the brackets. Um, but I don't know how you bet against Gino. You know, this, this is the type where we get to the top of these brackets. And for the women's teams, it's really, really tough. For me, of course, I want to root for a Pac-12 team. So um, Stanford was my favorite heading into this. But um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out for them as well. And it's really fun because they go right into the draft and then right into the WNBA season. So, All right, so I'll let you guess the lines and we'll get out of here. Bet River Sportsbook, UConn, NC State, the women's game tomorrow. What is the line? I, I literally just told you I haven't been following this, but um, we'll say two and a half. Who's favored? Uh, NC State. All right. Well, you 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 didn't win any prize. You didn't. Uh, I would say good effort, but it wasn't even a good effort. <laughs> it you, wasn't even close. UConn minus four and a half. Really? Yeah. Well, watch watch. NC State's gonna win by three, and then my line's gonna make perfect sense. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Is this a play we'll tomorrow? See. NC State, is this a play? We uh, we'll see. We'll see. I got it. These are like, I have to sit down and handicap these things. This is what's been, I don't know about you. I am burnt out on handicapping. And it's funny because I think I spent the most time on the South region uh, because it's what I started with when I was first handicapping the bracket. And I looked at my bracket today and my bracket by far, the South was my best one in terms of predicting. Um, so I don't know if that's correlated, but yeah, I handicapping that many games and it was all college basketball was a lot yeah it's kind of sad that it's over but it's a little bit of a relief for it's like all right it went from conference tournament week where there's really just like a million games that week and a half because remember it's not all one week it's the smaller ones then the bigger ones right mm-hmm. into the brackets right into march madness nit still paying attention to that now you can kind of exhale recharge the batteries and look i mean we got baseball coming up soon and, and nba playoffs yeah. so no rest for the weary here but i know what you mean yeah so i may look at that game now you've got me intrigued you got me intrigued for sure all right da all right, thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Danielle Alvari of the LA CityCast. Again, check out her podcast. 
Check out ours. Follow, download, subscribe, rate, review, all of that stuff. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.